Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland, and today we have a one-game, 163, you know, NL Central Division tiebreaker, whatever you want to call it, uh, preview. So obviously the Cubs had a little bit of a rough start in September, and the Brewers were red hot and caught them, and now we will have a one-game playoff Monday at... 12 p.m. Central Time. So I threw this together real quick. This is a turnaround. Uh, my guest is Evan Altman, who runs things over at Cubs Insider. And basically, we just talked about game 163. So you can follow him at, at D. Evan Altman on Twitter. And let's get into it. Here is Evan. Welcome back on, Evan. Yeah. Hey, good to, good to be here. Uh, it's a, a good occasion I guess, uh, kind of good and, and bad. I mean, I guess we, uh, I think we'd all prefer to have the Cubs not having to, uh, kind of play for the division on Monday, but, uh, better than having them wait and play for the wild card on Tuesday without winning. So we'll see. Exactly. And normally I start out this uh, podcast by asking, what do you think of the Cubs right now? But, um, obviously everyone knows what's going on. As you said, they've got this, they tied at the end of the regular season, today's game, um, which was looking pretty bleak, I have to say, the first couple innings. But uh, then they did rally. So, But Cubs Twitter was very down about the third inning. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, what was, was really kind of strange about it. So my son had a Little League game, and so I was just listening on the radio and kind of trying to pay attention to, to both things at once and then sort of missed the whole, you know, in our transition period of, of my son's game ending and coming across, I missed the whole Montgomery getting pulled and, and Webster coming in and, and all this, uh, although you kind of knew that was a possibility, but certainly, you know, you're watching, <laughs> watch somebody drill one off the wall right away. Uh, just kind of the way the Cardinals came about it. You could tell, you know, Montgomery didn't have his stuff and and the Cubs were you know again there and they're facing a guy who who uh, in Jack Flaherty had shut him down a couple times before you know so the whole thing kind of had that feel of here we go again uh, and, and with the Brewers kind of jumping out to an early lead so you know it was and that's why it was it was so nice just when the Cubs busted loose in that third inning there just like you felt us at least I did I, I like I was screaming. And I generally don't get too worked up about this stuff. So that was, that was actually really, really cool. And that was like one of my more exciting moments of the season, even though it was so early in the game. But it felt like they had finally done something. Like that was a thing, you know, that I kind of marked down. I was like, oh, okay, this will work. I feel good now. Yeah, it was kind of – I had this thing like I, – I like to make references to Ghostbusters sometimes. And when – Alan Webster came in the game. The reaction on Twitter was so negative. It was like, you know, reversing this, like joining the streams together, reversing the field. And they, you know, put together at the end of the movie where they're like, we're going to cross the streams. And it was like, everyone was so upset about Alan Webster coming in. It like snapped the team into shape. I don't know what happened. Well, yeah. And that was, that was wild. And then, uh, you know, so, 
And that was, I think, the specific words that Joe Madden shared to him. And he said, Alan, if someone asks you are a God, you say yes. Um, right before they did that. But uh, so anybody who hasn't seen Ghostbusters is completely going to miss that. And I sounded really stupid, but um, moving on from that to see not only Webster, you know, come in, get the outs that he needed to. And then Alec Mills come in and really look good for a couple of innings there. And, and obviously, you know, you don't want to leave these guys too exposed, but, uh, and, and it's a little bit frightening that the Cubs basically had to burn through, you know, what, eight or nine relievers or whatever it was, you know, and it's good they got the expanded roster, but, uh, but those guys got it done. I mean, in the offense, to their credit, put up the 10 runs, you know, put a big number out there and allowed Madden to just sort of go and piecemeal together at the end of that game and basically just play out the string just to make sure that the cards didn't score that many runs. So, uh, you know, credit to them for, for putting that thing all together, but my God, that's not the way you want to keep having to win games. They, they really, really need, um, from these guys. And, and hopefully it's, you know, Quintana can go out and, and put up a big game and, and, you know, shut down the brewers again, because geez, you just don't want to have to go eight, nine guys to close out a game. Yeah. And like you were saying that with the, it was so exciting. Like, Ben's over to the triple. I mean, we, I'll be honest. It was assisted by Jose Martinez, who did not do a very good job. But still, that was like him getting the triple. I mean, that just the crowd just went crazy for that. Yeah, and that was that was kind of something that you know that really ignited him, and I and I think that helped. Right, that feeds those things. You call it the chicken or the egg. You know, as a team feed off the fans or vice versa. But it had been really kind of just this suppressed feeling, you know, everybody was just kind of blah. And, and some of that's the weather, you know, it was, a, it was, it was wet, it was cool, you know, but even, um, you know, even over the weekend, I mean, it was, uh, and, and prior to that, so I was up there Thursday, beautiful night. I mean, just incredible. You know, one of those just early fall evenings where you can, you still be out there in shorts and a t-shirt and be comfortable. And, uh, and, and but it was just, kind of relaxed. It wasn't that big a deal. Um, and I think people got a little tight, you know, and you get that sometimes. So Zobris getting a hit, showing that emotion, you know, really getting the Cubs back out there that got the fans into it. And I think from that point, they were just able to kind of steamroll and everybody really got into it. So that big breakout ending there in the third was just awesome. And just, uh, you know, I wish I could have been there, but watching it on television, you could just tell how it shifted from that point. I mean, it was just, it was very, I and mean, that's why I was yelling at the TV. I mean, it just came through. So that was a really cool moment. Yeah. And I'll, I'll focus on a couple things in this game, but this doesn't really have anything to do with the Cubs, but for next year, the Cardinals defense is just brutal. I don't know. They got to get somebody that can field next year. Yeah. That's uh, you know, and, and you, as a, as an opposing fan, you love to see it, but my gosh, I mean, they are just, it's, it's sad to watch sometimes. Cause it's a lot of, it's just routine stuff. I mean, what was it? The, the Bryant ground out or should have been a ground out late in the game, you know, and the pitcher trying to go over and cover and the throw kind of goes wide and he doesn't even get it. Another, I think that's when the Cubs got maybe their ninth run. Um, but there were just other, I mean, they just boot the ball over the field. They make poor throws, bad decisions, bad reads uh, it's I mean, it's, again it's great to watch as a cubs fan but man that's but that's not what you're used to seeing from the cardinals right normally they're kind of that team that even if they don't have exceptional talent they're fundamentally sound you know they do all these little things right and so to kind of watch them fall apart and watch that be part of their undoing uh toward the end of the season was you know i, I can't lie it was kind of fun to watch <laughs> 
Yeah, it was. You know, not to take joy in the failure of other teams, but yeah, I kind of take joy in the failure of other teams here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if the if the Cubs aren't playing all that well. And today they finally busted it out and did it. But, uh, you know, that's one of those games, too, where you you don't care how you win. It should just get the win and move on. And that's really, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't matter whether it was if it was one nothing or it's 10 to 5 or, or anything in between. Get it. Move on. Focus on the next day. And hopefully they can get something done in, in game 163. Yeah. So now just a couple of players going into this game, this uh, play, bonus game. So uh, first of all, Ben Zobrist. I mean, now that the year's fully over, what a year for him to bounce back from everything he had. Just in general, even not bouncing back, it's just a great year. Oh yeah, and and you know, I think I had I had more or less given up on him. Um, and, and I know that last year was hampered very much by the wrist injury. And, uh, and and even with that said, you don't see guys come back even if they're fully healthy at 37 years old and perform better than they have uh, in previous seasons. I mean, this was probably his best season as a Cub all the way around. And, you know, he, he made a couple of really nice plays on defense the other day. Um, he, he's been moving all over the field still. So he's, he's provided that utility role. And I mean, he's just jumping on pitches. And, and again, he hasn't lost any quickness with that swing. It's just, it's, he's that guy right now. I mean, you want him up in these big moments because you know he's going to put together a good at bat. He's going to get a good solid hit. And I mean, he's a guy there up near the top of that order. And especially if he and Daniel Murphy are both clicking, if those guys are putting together good at bats, good plate appearances, I mean, that's going to set the tone. It's going to wear pitchers down early. It's just been so nice to see, though, from Zobrist how much better he is now that he's healthy and thriving and, and Madden is deploying him well. Love it, especially after last year. Yeah. And I, know, I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but if Wilson Contreras starting to show signs of the bat, should I feel a little better about him? Yeah, I think so. I mean – he uh, obviously had that laser beam of a home run today that I think was was almost 112 off the bat, 112 miles an hour. Um, that was his first hit since or first home run since like August 1st. You know, so we're talking basically two months between homers, and you know he had for the longest time just been hitting little dribblers. I mean, his it seemed like the only way he could get a hit was was through like a swinging bunt. Uh, but I do think a lot of that came from overuse and just general mental and physical fatigue. And so, you know, we've seen here throughout the last few weeks in September, how Joe Madden has utilized Victor Caratini a lot more, a lot more frequently than what he had. I mean, even starting him in, in back-to-back games and I, and I think, uh, back-to-back games at catcher and, you know, three out of four games in general and, you know, using him with Hamels all the time. So I think giving Contreras more frequent breaks, just along with the team actually getting a day off uh, finally in there, I think just helped him to kind of reset a little bit. And, and he's the kind of guy who's so emotional and he thrives off of his own success that I believe, uh, at least I want to believe that that getting that hit right there. And, and especially if the Cubs can manage to win the game on Monday against Milwaukee and get to just go straight to the NLDS and get a couple extra days of rest. I think that's going to help not only Contreras, but everyone else. But I do think, Again, Contreras, after leading the league in, in innings caught, that's going to be a huge step for him. He should be able to take that relaxation and take that confidence into that break. And, and I think we're going to see a much better hitter here uh, in the playoffs. 
Yeah, hopefully. So now yeah. I have to do I have to do one downing downer note for this. It's Carl Edwards. I mean, this is the second year in a row he's really faded down the stretch. But can they even count on him in, at all in the playoffs? Gosh, I, as much as I would love to say yes, that he can, you know, he can climb out of the funk because relievers are, are notoriously fickle and you can see this stuff go back and forth. I'm just worried that he's, he's in his own head so much at this point. Um, you know, we, we kind of see this from him and we, we've always seen little flashes of this where it, it generally would, you know, maybe run an outing or two at a time, but usually you could see it inside that one appearance where he'd come out and he'd be a little rough starting out, you know, throw a couple balls and he'd kind of get off track but it just it, it feels like outside of a couple, you know, he had a couple of good appearances here and there over this last month and, and change. But I mean, you're looking at his strikeouts are way down, his walks are way up, he's getting hit. Um, it, it's just he just does not look like a guy who goes out there. He just doesn't look confident. That's I think kind of the thing he's never, you know, he, he's definitely a demonstrative guy when he when he does well or, or kind of when he's off the mound. But he generally has kind of a, I don't want to say a sour uh, appearance, but you know, it's kind of in that Kyle Hendricks mold where his face is just kind of he always he always looks kind of graven and um, or grave. And uh, I just boy, I watch him out there and nobody else. You talk about the fans giving off a vibe and maybe throwing that out to the player. Nobody in that ballpark feels good when he's coming in there right now. And I think that shows, and I think he can sense that and he feels it himself. So man, I am really worried unless something changes for him really soon. I don't know what the Cubs can expect from him or what he even expects from himself going forward. Yeah. And it's one of those things. If if stroke is able to play, if the Cubs get to Thursday, which of course is an if, but uh, if strokes able to come back and contribute, I would expect not to see Carl Edwards much at all in the playoffs. Yeah. That, and that's, you know, that's kind of a Joe Madden thing. Although Carl has, has kind of strangely, you know, maintained a lot of trust for Madden throughout this whole process, but we've typically seen that in the, in the playoffs where he'll go with those guys he trusts. But you know, when we're looking at the way Steve Ciszek, although I'm just really worried about overuse for him too, but he's one of those guys, you know, Jesse Chavez, another one who we trust Wilson, uh, Justin Wilson has been getting some really high leverage innings. So I think there are enough guys that the Cubs have loaded up that can go toward the bat. And, and I mean, we could even be looking at something like Jorge De La Rosa, who's been great since the Cubs picked him up and who was just brutally awful before that. Uh, there's a lot of these guys who, you know, I, I mean, it, it might be crazy to say this and, and I, I don't think the Cubs would leave Edwards off the playoff roster, but there are a lot of really capable bullpen arms and guys who have played really well over the last month who, if nothing else, are going to be those that Joe trusts more in those high leverage moments, whereas I think Edwards starts getting pushed into whether it be mop-up duty or, or more very strict situational outings so that they can kind of limit any damage and, and move him forward a little bit as far as his confidence. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to get to our little preview of the game 163, but uh, I thought I'd, I'd address this because I haven't done a um, podcast since the Russell news. I tried to line up a couple interviews with some people that I think are, are really good at talking about domestic violence and stuff, but it didn't work out for, you know, 
scheduling being what it is, but I, I thought I should address the Russell thing. I think I support what MLB did, and I, I agree with what you wrote in your one article. I don't think we're going to see Russell again in the Cubs uniform, but I thought I'd ask you about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, it is a, it's certainly a difficult situation. I think there's a lot of, uh, it, it's, it's something that's difficult to have kind of in a one-sided sort of a conversation or, or in a medium like Twitter or, or even Facebook where um, you can't really have much of an open discourse or at least not in, in the proper context. And I, and I think a lot of people out there have kind of conflated some things and, uh, and, you know, where there's a lot of talk about due process and innocent until proven guilty and that sort of thing. But what people need to remember is this is not a, a court of law. Um, you know, Melissa Reedy is not filing a lawsuit against Russell. That's not going on. Um, you know, uh, this is a matter of she's alleging certain things. Major League Baseball is going to investigate those things because the allegations have been made. That's a part of the joint policy that the players union and the league agreed to three years ago and the process is being followed. And I think, you know, you see this, no one who has ever been placed on administrative leave under this policy uh, during an investigation, none of those players who have been placed on leave have ever avoided a suspension afterwards. Um, and, and those who have been suspended have not appealed it. So, you know, I mean, it, it feels inevitable that will get that suspension from him. If that's the case, I would have to imagine the Cubs simply non-tender Russell. Um, there's, there's no way they can move forward. I think with him and, and the unfortunate thing is a lot of people look at that and, and say it's, it's, you know, just because he hasn't been playing well. Um, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that that's not part of it. I mean, I'm sure that, that, that makes it easier, but when you do think about, um, the money that's going to be paid, right? As he's going through arbitration, I'm sure that factors, especially as they look to bring in other free agents, and especially as they have Javier Baez blossoming into an MVP caliber player who can slide over play short. There's a lot of things that feed in, but I'm with you. I absolutely agree with what MLB did on this. I think that's the the only way they could have done it, and I would imagine we'll hear more. I think they kick this can down on the road until after the playoffs are done. As far as any kind of a suspension, I think they'll extend the leave a couple more times and wait until the playoffs are over. So they don't want to make a splash with any kind of news like that. I think during the playoffs, uh, I could be wrong, but that would be my guess. And then again, we see the Cubs non-tender him. He serves the suspension and somebody picks him up as a free agent next year. Yeah. And th- I, I think that's pretty much what's going to happen. That's my guess too, because it's like, like you said, I mean, what he did was horrible, but I mean, you can't ever take the baseball part out of it either with these decisions. And it obviously makes it easier for the Cubs to get rid of him that he's been so bad. Not that they should keep him, but there's really no debate. He's not played well on the field and he's got this. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's very interesting to hear the reaction from folks on, on kind of different sides who don't necessarily understand uh, the nuances of certain uh, just just kind of tact as far as that goes. But again, it is, uh, it, it, you know, it's a situation that you wish had never come up and, and not that is not at all to say that you don't wish it came to the forefront uh, or that it was was brought to the light. I think those things are, are good and, and necessary. 
in terms of, of shining a light on these things that take place. And I think we do need to have better conversations about this. We do need to learn how to speak about it and, and how to, uh, I think especially where, where women are involved, you know, to have some changes in our culture with the way these things are treated. Uh, but what I, what I mean is that you just, you would wish things like this never came up at all, that it was not an issue and that's unrealistic. Um, but it, it, but it is something again, and, and people will talk about, uh, you know, Oh, I go to sports to get away. Well, but that's the thing is, is we can't just use sports as some kind of a, of a rug or, you know, a carpet to, to throw up over the dirt of our lives and act like those things don't happen. Um, you know, and maybe is something like this and, and other things through sports that so many people do view sometimes uh, as a as a as an escape or as a getaway. Um, and with the the platform that these players and the leagues and the unions have, that perhaps they can use this as a tool to better bring this stuff to light. And maybe they can change the culture as a result. So maybe something good comes out of that. That's my only hope out of this whole thing uh, is that some, and, and maybe it's just a, a case of this uh, Melissa Reedy's blog post that went out and then it has, has been highly publicized, read that, or some men read that. And it, it maybe changes the way they think about this or maybe gives some women, it gives them some strength to come forward with their own stories or to, to, you know, take back, some of uh, what they lost themselves. So I don't know, again, uh, it's, it's an awful thing. And I, I do just hope the parties involved come out of it better on the other end. Yeah, that's all you can hope. And I, I'll just mention too, that um, a frequent guest I've had on the show, uh, Kelly Wallace, that everyone should follow her because she's really good talking about this stuff. So I'll just give a shout out to her at Kelly a Wallace on Twitter. So give her a follow done yep. anyway let's get to game 163 on monday at 12 o'clock chicago time very early because there are two division tiebreaker games tomorrow that's still that's that's still insane thinking about it yeah it's uh <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because you know, I think they they had had it set up, and initially, it had there been just one game, it would have been at uh, like three oh nine Central Time or whatever. Uh, but since they have the two, the Cubs move into that earlier slot and basically play at noon, and then the Dodgers and Rockies have to play three hours later, and then you've got the whole you know that wild scenario with uh, with who goes where. Then you know because the the winner of the Central obviously goes to the NLDS, the loser of it. Uh, will host the wild card game against the loser of the West, and then the winner of the West will host the Braves, and so so you've got kind of all these things uh, bouncing around. You know, you got to think these folks who are trying to plan travel for these teams. Uh, you know, they they can't really book that until now. At least once the first game gets over, whoever loses the second one, you know, will already know where they're going to have to go. And the other one's going to have to go home, but you know, nobody really knows kind of how this is all going to break down. It's just kind of wild, at least with the Cubs and the Brewers, uh, you know, especially with the Cubs. I mean, either way, they're going to host two games, right? Regardless, they're going to, uh, or they get to stay in Chicago, I guess I should say, uh, because they get to host the game tomorrow. And if they lose, they host the wild card the following day. If they win, they stay home, which would be obviously the most ideal situation. They get to host on Thursday. So, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of the thing it's, but it's, it's still just wild to me that 
not only did Milwaukee kind of last out as long as they did and win as many games as they did with a pitching staff or a, or a starting rotation anyway that you know continued to need work throughout most of the season, but then the Cubs did what they did despite having their own rotation issues and all kinds of other major injuries and uh, or, or big injuries to major players anyway throughout the course of the season, and yet they're still here. So uh, credit to both of those teams for doing as well as they did uh, given their different uh, different struggles and obstacles. Yeah, and um, so obviously Jose Quintana has already been announced as a starter for the Cubs, which I like because he has been very good against the Brewers in his career, and he is on schedule to start. So I like that. And the Brewers, uh, as as of we're doing this, have not announced a starter yet. I'm not sure. Is it Chase Anderson that would be lined up? I'm not sure about that. Uh, I believe it's Ulysse Chassin. Uh, oh, okay. I think is I think is who's which I. Uh, I can't tell. I know the the Cubs got to him. I, I know he he had really shut him down a couple times, and they got to him once. Um, so I'm not really sure who I prefer. At the end of the day, you know, it's kind of one of those where you sort of in a game like this, I almost feel like you sort of toss some of those things out, and you almost just figure, well, we'll just kind of see what happens. You know, it doesn't matter who's out there; just go out and and find a way to win. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Brewers decide to go with. I know they've uh, they've kind of monkeyed around with their rotation a little bit and with their staff to try to set things up for the playoffs. But this certainly uh, this certainly makes a little hiccup here uh, for these teams to have to fight around. Yeah, and one thing we can probably be sure of is, especially with the Brewers, they will go to their bullpen very early, especially if they have a lead. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Like if you're the Cubs, you know, and 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 that's kind of what worries me is that even in these games like we saw today where they scored 10 runs and you know they did get to the starter and it was early enough that they they were able to do that but they've kind of done this you know this thing where they don't really jump out all the time they kind of hang around and and we saw that a lot when they were really at their best 2015 2016 not as much last year but uh, 2016 in particular they would just grind down all these pitchers. And they, they wouldn't generally score a bunch right away, but they would just kind of wear the pitchers down. And then come the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, all of a sudden they'd explode. And against a team like the Brewers, you don't really have much of that opportunity because as soon as Craig Council sees that his starters starting to wear down, he's going to that elite bullpen. And those guys have just some monsters who are going to come down there and start mowing people down. The Cubs have gotten to them in the past but that's not something you can really count on. So I, I want to see them come out aggressively and just really get at the Brewers, throw them off their game and try to hang enough runs on that. They can then on the other end, hang on, let Quintana go to work because you know, as, as anybody else, I mean, the Brewers are playing as hot as any team. It seems like everybody on their team is hitting well, especially Yelich and Braun. And so that's the last thing you need is to give those guys any kind of opportunity. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it breaks down. Yeah, and now we don't know, of course, with Madden lineups, it's always different. You'd think that since it's either going to be Anderson or Chassin, it'll be – so it's a right-handed pitcher either way. So you'd think would we see Schwarber and Hayward playing or would Hap get a start? I'm not exactly sure where Madden will go. You know, it's been interesting because as we've seen over these last few games – you know, Hayward's been getting more starts in center. Um, and we're seeing, you know, and, and Hap's gotten a few starts at the corners. Uh, Almora's come in more as like a pinch hitter. And so <clears throat> I do think he's going to want to run 
I mean, you know Murphy's going to be in there. Zobris is going to be in there, which means Zoe is probably in right, which means I would think Hayward in center. I do think you see Schwarber against a righty. Um, and then, you know, maybe you have Hap and, and Al Mora in there as defensive replacements slash pinch hitters if they're needed. I think we'll see a lineup similar to what we have, you know, kind of in most of these last few games. And, and I mean, Hap's come up big with a couple of big hits, but uh, I think in a game like this, man, where it's on the line like that, especially with the way Hayward's swinging the bat. And that's, that's the thing is, is that in addition to just other than really biffing a ball pretty badly today, uh, early on in that game, the guy's just stellar out in the field too. So it's not like you're losing anything or at least not much over Almora out there and he's swinging the bat. Well, so against the righty, I, I do think we see him out there in center. Yeah. I, I almost think the lineup that we had today on Sunday will probably be almost the exact same lineup as tomorrow. I would think maybe the order a little tweaked, but it feels like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, it's, it's the other thing of note is that Madden has, has moved the pitcher back to the nine spot in these last couple games. So he's gone with that, that more traditional, I mean, we had seen almost all the way through uh, September. And then I forget when he, when he flipped it back to go with the pitcher batting eighth again. Um, and, but he, but he ran with that for a long time. And the last couple, he's kind of flipped it back. And we've seen some stuff with, with Chris Bryant batting deeper in the order, you know, hitting sixth for several games there. And then he moved up to fifth. Uh, obviously, I think he's he's more well-suited to be up there higher. Although, if you do have some of those guys, again, you can't really argue with what they've been doing right now. And, and I like what they've got with that uh, one through six, one through seven. And my gosh, if, if Contreras is really is coming back around. You have him and Schwarber at the bottom of that order. I mean, that's, that's just, you know, there's, there's no breaks for an opposing pitcher and you can kind of alternate left, right and and all that. So um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I mean, when these guys, again, when they're hitting, when everybody's in sync and they're really going and, and we've seen that, you know, Bryant's starting to kind of come back around a little bit more. So the home run the other day, big double today to drive in a couple runs and really kind of push the game in the Cubs favor in a big way really the game winner uh, for all intents and purposes. So yeah, it's uh it, it's a scary lineup. I, I mean, Madden's got a lot of choices, obviously. Yeah. And I will just remind the people listening of one more thing. This is um, a regular season game. So the expanded rosters are still in effect. So there is the super deep bullpen, but then if whatever happens in this game, then you're back to 25 man rosters for the playoffs. So just, that does change a little bit for tomorrow. Yeah. And that's what's uh, you know, that's part of what's kind of wild about this is it's not like it's a, a makeup game, you know, or something like that. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, so like if they had pushed the the game against the nationals back, you know, the Nats don't have anything to play for. They would be resting guys, but uh, not only do both teams have things to play for in terms of, you know, Javi Baez and Christian Yelich. And, and I think Yelich's performance over the last week or two is, is probably in the eyes of, of the voters probably vaulted him ahead in the MVP put up Yelich has a potential triple crown bid you know, or at least a leading in, in home runs you know average and, and I mean he's not that far behind an RBI either so these guys all are trying to go for it and there's big personal reasons in addition to the team reasons that weird deal right you have you have to win this game so you know you're going to stick with your core players but for a team like the Cubs that may have to run out a bunch of relievers and just kind of uh, just go battle of attrition, you know, having that expanded roster is going to help them tremendously. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't like to do predictions on here, but it will be a very tense game. And 
I assume it'll come down to the wire. Although if one or the other team goes ahead, I wonder if they shut it down, the other team, but I'm not sure, but that'll be an interesting thing to see. Yeah. And that's a, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how that, uh, you know, wh- where is the, where's the line, right? Like how far do you have to be up or down or, or where does that fall? Because, you know, you just want to kind of set things up and, uh, and make sure because whichever team loses is playing again the next day, you know? So that's like, yeah, at what point, well, we're going to stop throwing out, you know, I, I got to think the the Cubs or the Brewers, either one wouldn't want to burn their a level relievers in a game where they're down several runs, uh, you know, just so they can make sure they have those things set. And that's the thing that's really kind of troublesome with this whole deal. If you're the loser of this game is because, you know, you got to have a, a starter going Monday, then you're going to have to burn another starter the following day. And so, you know, for the Cubs being able to throw Quintana, should they have to then go to the wild card game is not as big a deal for them because he, he would be at the back of that rotation for the playoffs anyway. Um, you know, whereas Chassin and the way he's been pitching is one of the guys who I, I would think at least the Brewers would want to have lined up near the top of their rotation. So uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I think that's definitely something where the Brewers had to burn through those two starters, given what we've talked about with their rotation not being maybe as great, that could be a much bigger detriment to them. So I think they really, uh, they really got to be careful. Yeah. You know, just picture this though. If you think about it, the Brewers top two starters in the playoffs are going to be Jolie Chassin and Wade Miley. I mean, that is just nuts. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's uh that is pretty wild. But man, and this was funny is I remember remarking to someone too. So I was like, Oh, I can't believe the Cubs got beat by Wade Miley. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that'd be one thing to have said, you know, six or seven months ago, but Miley's been really good uh, since he came back and, and started, uh, you know, he tweaked his repertoire a little bit. And I, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen him pitch against the Cubs a few times and ending against them. So that's not a guy I want to face. Uh, but, but there again, it's, you know, once the playoffs come around, anything can happen. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I think we, that's a good place to leave it at. And I hope everyone's ready as I, Said in my recap for CubsInsider.com. Uh, as Pat Hughes would say, buckle your seatbelts, Cubs fans, because it's going to start tomorrow. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yep. Well, thank you for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. I always appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm not sure about when, depending on how the playoffs go, if it's a wild card or NLDS, depending on the outcome of uh, tomorrow's game. We will have some sort of preview. Uh, You can follow me at STH85 on Twitter. Uh, You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And if you are a subscriber on iTunes, um, please rate and review my podcast because it lets me know that people are listening. And if you have any suggestions for me, you can give them to me. Uh, If you want to email me, uh, holycowpod at gmail. Holycowpod at gmail. That's the address, and we're going to be into it now with the playoffs and everything, and everyone just hold on. Thanks for listening.